Raising Tech is your guide to understanding the role technology plays in your senior living business strategy and day-to-day operations. Tune in for tech trends, hot topics, and meet the people behind the tech landscape in senior living to gain practical technology knowledge that you can apply in your community today. Hello, and welcome back to Raising Tech. I'm Rachel Lugie with Parasol Alliance, and today's episode covers part two of all things resident technology. We're breaking this topic into two episodes because there's simply so much to cover regarding resident technology programming. The options are truly limitless when it comes to how a community designs a resident technology program that will fit their unique needs for their residents, as well as their organizational philosophy. Last month's episode, we talked with Laura Edwards from Clark Lindsay in Urbana, Illinois, and we learned how Clark Lindsay infused technology into their campus culture. We covered everything from strategic partnerships with a local university to one-on-one hands-on tech support for residents, and how Clark Lindsay was integrating technology into their future care and lifestyle models for their campus expansion. It was really a rich discussion. So if you missed it, please be sure to go back and check out episode four. So today we are excited to be joined by our guest, Haider Mahmood, Senior Director of Vincent Hall Retirement Community in McLean, Virginia. Haider, I look forward to learning more about your community's approach to hands-on, on-campus resident technology support. Before we dive into the discussion, Haider, can can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and Vincent Hall, what listeners might need to know about you and your community? Sure. Um, Thank you for having me on here today to discuss a very important topic. And a little bit about myself, I've been in senior living world for now almost 20 years. That has been my very first job and I never left the aging industry. A little bit about the community, McLean, Virginia, Vincent Hall Retirement Community has been here for over 50 years. It is a continuum or a life plan community with roughly about 400 residents. The beauty of our community is it's a military community. You have to be at least GS 14 or higher level to be able to qualify uh, to live at this community. I've been here for roughly about three years now. It is a beautiful 22-acre community, and and I encourage everyone to look it up and the rich history that it has. Excellent. Thank you. Well, and yes, we, we love, we love your community. We love your, your military residents. And I wonder that demographic that you serve your military population, um, what type of programming do you have on place for, for your residents? And this can be, you know, general, you know, your general programming. And then how, how is technology factor into that programming? Sure. I mean, we have a vast array of life enrichment programs, uh, whether it is the shows that they attend down to opera, opera shows, or if it is a, a wine pairing meal happening in another part of the state, um, as well as on campus programs like our, our IT committee working with other different residents to incorporate 
uh, different technology and the impact that it has on the day-to-day residents' lives here. We have a full-fledged fitness program um, that we're working to also include additional technology to manage some of their some of the additional data points for more or tech savvy residents as well. This community has almost, if not more, programming just like any other life plan community might have, from a a life enrichment program to a chaplain program to uh, a full pledged dining program um, that the residents are engaged in on a day to day basis, whether learning how to cook or taking part in the culinary program uh, within our different dining venues. Wow, that's that's fantastic. Um, how has technology? How has your technology program? So you kind of mentioned there's the technology committee. You have, I know your residents are highly engaged and have have a, a higher need for technology um, amenities, and then you know, kind of have expectations for how how your community can support them in using that technology. So can you tell us just a little bit about how your technology programming has evolved? Maybe, you know, where it is right now, but also how how has that evolved over the last couple of years? Sure. So we do have a residence called a technology, but IT committee, and they're they're very engaged. I think the last 18 months to two years has triggered further engagement in that area as with the pandemic and lockdown and and lack of ability to move around or go into or see family members. I think that helped a lot of our residents to trigger, to learn the additional aspect of technology where we have created classes on how to utilize, whether it is a iPhone or a tablet or any technology that they may have. And not only that, we help supported purchasing technology for them, along with their family members as well. And Tech at Home um, has been a huge component in advancing that, that growth on campus for our residents, where their family members weren't able to come and teach them how to utilize, whether it is Skype uh, or it is Zoom. It was our on-site IT that was able to provide that support and say, here's Here's how you, you create a username for yourself. Um, here's how to do a couple of these different things. We didn't have that much of a need for residents here. Didn't want to have that level of technology usage before the pandemic as well, where now it is technology is driven a lot more on campus to help combat a lot of their day-to-day whether it's loneliness or depression for certain residents and, and it has impact in a positive way where they can, they can FaceTime their family, they can instantaneously FaceTime other residents on the campus. Um, so from where the program was, say a couple of years ago, where those infrastructures and things were not to the level where they needed to be to now, um, where we're able to support and conduct classes based on the need of our residents as they determine and, and send those information out to tech at home or ourselves, that we like to learn a little bit more on how does our Wi-Fi work or how to, how to work an iPhone when these 
different things happen to them or how to fix those things. There are leaps and bounds from where they were several years ago. Well, that's well, and I think there's probably listeners that are on the same journey and and feeling and experiencing the exact uh, same scenario that you mentioned where technology is now, it's a must have, you know, for our residents as a result of the pandemic. So what I think is unique about Vincent Hall and your approach is you have this, you have your residents are pretty heavily involved in uh, the technology planning and programming and help identify what supports need to be put in place. Can you tell us a little bit more about that resident at the IT tech committee and how maybe that sparked the evolution with the on-campus tech support program? Sure. Um, yeah, our our residents IT committee, well, first off, is it's extremely important to have the buy-in of your residents, the stakeholders for any any program to be successful. You have to have their buy-ins as they are uh, the end users. It's important for them to understand what that technology is going to look like and the impact it will have on their day-to-day life. With that in mind, it was important to have them as the the main stakeholders initiate and be part of the process and understanding their needs and wants in terms of overall quality of life on our campus and beyond. And so that was that was one of the main highlight for engaging our residents and them wanting to be part of it. Again, they took time out of their day-to-day uh, routine to a learn the technology, a different technology aspect of it, and then form a committee to say, we like to be part of, you know, one of the IT committee, and we will just be an additional wing of tech at home so that if there are certain things that we can help other residents and educate, we want to be able to do that. So while tech at home can also concentrate and work on expanding the program and um, educating and training on the other things, it's it's a rewarding feeling for all of them to be able to help their their colleagues and their neighbors with the advancement of technology. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And you you mentioned Tech at Home, and just for listeners who might not be aware, Tech at Home is actually it's the technology on campus resident support program offered by Parasol Alliance. However, you could create or develop an on campus resident, you know technology support uh, program without using tech at home, but to have this dedicated um, resource on site. Now, Vincent Hall, something else I think that's interesting about your evolution in your technology programming is this uh, tech at home person. So this technician that was coming to your community was early on a part-time person who was maybe coming to campus one or two days a week to meet with residents one-on-one uh, to help troubleshoot with technology problems and, and teach an occasional class mm-hmm. that has now grown yep. because of the outcomes of your IT committee and identifying that there's a bigger need and there's more opportunity for advancing technology on your campus. No, absolutely. I, I think it was um, it was extremely important for the success of the program and advancing our, our technology and need and want of our resident for on campus. 
it's so important having that person on campus because it improves the efficiency. Um, it builds that person-centered relationship with that resident when they see that individual on a consistent basis, yes, and, and that trust level uh, with them. So it was extremely important for us to be able to have have that dedicated, consistent, full-time person rather than for those residents. I, I think as we as we continue to get residents involved in technology and be part of the technology, you have to have additional support, hands-on support uh, for them to be able to feel comfortable to be part of that technology move. I think without it, it wouldn't be where it is right now. Our residents or residents in general will just not wanting to engage in it just for the fear of it's too hard or too difficult to learn because somebody on a remote end is trying to teach it rather than a, a one-on-one with a resident and where they're able to ask questions in the comfort of their own home as well and feel that high level of comfort and security. And that has helped a lot in, uh, in our community. I mean, I, I can tell you, I have seen more residents with their iPhones and tablets within the last two years on our campus than I have probably ever done before. And it's amazing. I mean, you have hundred year olds walking around with their iPhones and they're taking pictures and and using technology to to enhance their quality of life on a day-to-day basis, whether it's they take a picture from outside and utilize that picture in the art studio to create, make that into a a real life art. that wasn't part of their day-to-day living before introduction of that technology. So it was huge. Wow. That's, that's great. And, um, and what a testament to be able to witness that Mm -hmm. and just say like, there's a clear difference between prior to having the technology available and the support. Cause that's, as you identified key key to the success of having these technology amenities on your campus is, is the proper support. I love that. And I think, you know, it's also influenced some of the, the now the new programming that you're bringing to the campus and the, the willingness and openness of your residents to receive that new technology. So I think more recently you, you, launched like a resident engagement platform. Can you uh, share a little bit about how your, you know, the receptiveness of your residents, how they were involved in that, as well as your uh, tech at home technician or your on-campus support? Sure. Uh, you know, we, we engaged uh, again, the resident, um, resident IT committee as part of that as well, along with tech at home to, to make sure the foundation was strong as to what is it, the expectation of this portal? What is it? Uh, what are the gaps? What are we missing? What will, what is it that residents would like to see on that portal so that it, it has the highest level of impact and, and the functionality of the portal is at the highest level. And so they have taken it among themselves, the IT committee to ask and create a survey for other residents to say, to check what, what is it that you would like to have on there? And after they have done their, their survey and brought back the data, I'm um, saying, here's some of the things that we're looking for within that portal. And then going through the process to selecting the right partner uh, that's going to be able to provide all of those different 
different things that our residents are looking on that portal. And then, you know, of course, tech at home, engaging them to make sure that they're with us every step of the way so then they can support us and, and teach us as to how, from a technology standpoint, how the portal will work and the managing of that portal um, and continuing education on portal. So from day one, they were all involved, including the residence IT committee. And as we went through the project and, and implementation of it, our resident IT team was there to see how, how to do different steps within that portal so that they, they wanted to continue to stay engaged and help other their peers, those that are that may not have been here at the time, on how to how to sign up on those portals, um, what are different information that can be viewed. Uh, and then, you know, our, our tech at home training residents on what is the portal. It's a, it's a new concept on the community. Um, and so what is the portal? What can be done on the portal? What are, you know, what's the level of security on the portal? Again, this is a military community with, um, you know, residents that have done a very high level classified jobs. Um, so it's safety and security was the highest sort of a, a pinpoint for them to make sure before they sign up for it, how secure is it? So having them buy into it and, and having our tech at home, educating them on that aspect of it um, but was huge for residents to be able to start signing up and start seeing the level of documentation or, or things that they, they wanted to see on there. I tell you, I was so excited as soon as we had a launch and we, we start the whole campaign and we were having residents sign up. Within, I think it was a day or two, I'm seeing residents posting their pictures, family pictures and this and that under their account. Um, and that was amazing. I, I didn't expect such a quick turnaround and, and a, a success and utilization of that portal as I did with some of these residents where where now I think it had created so much efficiency because I can post a document in there and they will have access to it instantaneously. And then they can always reference back to it where previously, you know, it is a, a, a hard copy that's going door to door. Um, so the level of, of efficiency is huge through the portal as well. And again, it, it is an ongoing development of that portal because um, every day, there's there's something different that they like to see on there that would help and benefit the whole community, and so we're we're continuing to make sure that we can uh, we can advance that program with the with the support of Tech at Home, and then we continue to do classes. We do classes, one on one education with new residents. Here here's a portal. Here's how we can help you sign up. And they all have, it's their choice if they want to sign up or not. But uh, I can tell you, we have uh, about over 130, I believe that was last week I checked, 130 uh, independent living residents that have signed up on the portal. Um, Out of uh, 280 some resident, that was a pretty good, pretty good number uh, to have it on there. Um, So I'm happy with it. Yeah, that, yeah, especially for, it's a relatively new initiative and it took off well. Um, So Thank you for describing how, you know, what elements added to the success of that launch. I think that's great. And then having that resource, you know, that, that the on-campus 
tech support for your residents is going to help in launching what comes next after this. There's already trust and buy-in and a feeling that there, there is support in place. If there's something new that is incorporated, their willingness to, to move forward and try and, and know that they can, you know, they have the support to learn and grow uh, is, is going to help as you continue to advance technology on your campus. No, absolutely. I, I think the trust, uh, that's a huge, huge component of it. Uh, trust and credibility um, for those, uh, a- any of those program and the individuals. Had it just been a remote service, you know, it's a contractor where that's implementing the, um, the portal aspect of it or the software aspect of it. But our residents want to be able to know that they can go to someone here on campus that after the implementation, that team is not going to go away. And so that trust level, they want to have that and they want to see that. That's what makes it also uh, such a important um, program and, and initiative. And the success of the initiative, I think, has was driven a lot more so from that end where they're able to see that the person is there, that support service is there. Uh, if we ever need any help on it, uh, those individuals are going to be there to help us. Excellent. And, and also just the, you know, you, you talked about efficiency. You know, I think there's also, if, it, if there wasn't a dedicated resource or team person in place, you know, who would that fall to? <laughs> you know, it would be life enrichment, you know, your activity directors, maybe receptionists, maybe, you know, the, the person, the server in the dining room, you know, helping with an iPhone question or, or something. So um, question that listeners might have as they're, you know, kind of hearing you uh, describe your program uh, is, you know, the, the return on investment. So you talked about impact and efficiency and that's, that's excellent. And I think, you know, I think it's very easy to understand that this is worth the long-term investment. Can you can you talk a little bit about how your team kind of justified making the investment in having an on-site resource and and really how you're going about even paying for that that program? Sure, uh, you know I I look at the ROI, uh, the return on investment, um, both the tangible and, and the not so tangible. So implementing this and starting to work on reducing the number of flyers and number of, of other documents that gets printed and sent out to the residents. Um, so, you know, on average, what that looks like from a cost perspective, from a labor perspective, the individuals that are delivering those flyer door to door throughout our two, uh, two buildings, um, you know, just alone, that one area will give us our ROI on it. But then again, you look at the impact, um, the, the social cycle impact on residents, quality of life, and the reduction in depression and lo- loneliness, you know, introduction of this technology so that they're able to uh, closer be closer to their friends and family, whether it's through Zoom and, and whether they're playing different games with their friends on those uh, and helping them learn that aspect of it. You know, that's, you know, continuing to measure that aspect, uh, you know, of course will take uh, longer, but, you know, there's been absolutely studies done on that where it, it how technology has helped 
reduce the loneliness and depression and therefore reduce the uh, cost of overall health care. Um, and so it, it's connected in, in all of those aspects. But, you know, the immediate impact for our community will be there's a lot less printing. There's a lot more efficiency involved in communicating our message to the broader population. There is that sense of happiness that I see a hundred year old taking pictures and then incorporating, you know, incorporating that into their art in our art studio, whether it's they're painting it or whether they're creating uh, working with a photography class to make it and, display on our um, semi-annual art show. Um, so that is, is priceless. I mean, it, that alone is covers my ROI on there many times over. And, and so that's how I, I would quantify um, that investment and, and continue to invest within uh, technology, whether it's within our dining program or other program uh, to to create efficiencies, uh, enhance the program, enhance the quality of life for our residents. I see it going very, very far. I love the story of the 100-year-old taking a picture with her iPhone and then turning that into a digital print or painting. I mean, that gave me chills because you're right. That's exactly what uh, this is all about, right? Uh, This is what we're trying to achieve improving quality of life and opening doors, enhancing uh, lifestyles. And I think I imagine this is also, you know, a great opportunity from a marketing perspective to showcase this is as your part of your competitive advantage. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, you know, as more and more baby boomers um, retire and and move, you know, getting closer and some already moving into uh, life plan communities like our this is a huge competitive edge to be able to say, here's, here's where we stand as from a technology standpoint. Here's our resident portal. Here's, here's what you're able to do and have access to for on our campus. You know, I'm looking to see how can we further advance that to those on the wait list. Um, you know, here's what you have to look forward to um, and, and potentially triggering uh, some of those waitlist individuals say, you know what, maybe I am ready to move in now. Oh, they have all these other things going on. I think I may be ready. So, you know, I continue to look to see how do we use technology to innovate, but also what what additional competitive edge will they provide us? And how how do we display that to the broader community, to the waitlist individuals, to the family members, and so we continue to do it in that manner as well. So I'm looking to see how do we advance it and potentially add on the waitlist member and, and create a additional portal for them um, so that as that group works to move in, they will also already have a certain level of connectivity uh, amongst themselves as well and to the, organ- to the community that they will live in, to their new home. What advice would you give a listener who is exploring creative solutions for their resident technology programming? I would say definitely um, get the buy-in of the residents. You know, you're not going to get every one of them. Uh, so, you know, create that IT committee, create those those immediate stakeholders that are going to be your voice in the community amongst their peers um, to help 
make that program a successful program. But then also, don't think immediate need. Think long-term. Think next three to five years, um, what that looks like so that you're, you're, you're investing with that in mind. So your infrastructure is solid and is set for the future as well. So as you advance it, implement and upgrade, you won't need to really change the infrastructure. And so there's less costs associated and higher level efficiency as well. Um, so always think, uh, you know, what's the impact in the next three to five years as well and build it from there. Well, I, I completely agree with that. On Paracel Alliance, you know, we we specialize in technology strategic planning. And so aim into that. We are <laughs> we we are always talking about making sure you have the right infrastructure and foundation in place. Um, you know, I think especially over this last year, there's just been this boom in technology amenities available and technology solutions that um, looks so appealing and so attractive, but do you have the right foundation in place to support that solution? Um, do you have the right infrastructure? Do you have the right resources? Even, you know, as we talked about, as far as uh, human resources that are going to be available to, to support that technology. That, that's great advice. Um, one final question as we wrap up the conversation. Heider, what excites you most about the future of senior living as it relates to technology? I'm excited to see how we can how we can continue to have that personal personalized approach to technology so that that human factor doesn't go away. Um, I'm excited about seeing how how can we continue to advance the technology or different things that are in place without having to go 100% digital for those residents. Because I think we're, I know we're in the in the business of people. And so we need to make sure we continue to emphasize that. But I'm excited to see how technology can be uh, further incorporated in dining, in life enrichment, um, you know, in, in different aspect of day-to-day resident living. I know, you know, telehealth is huge and there's a lot of advancements that are happening and has happened there. But, you know, robotic um, AI uh, that and the impact that it will have on residents' day-to-day life. Um, I'm extremely excited about seeing all of those. Some I, I seen already implemented, uh, whether a delivery robot uh, and some of these other things. But I'm looking forward to seeing what is a, a future life plan community with 100% or at least pretty close to uh, advanced technology implemented already in those communities looks like. How exciting, right? The future. The future is so exciting. There's so much opportunity, um, especially for senior living. I, I too, am excited to see what comes. Thank you, Heider, for joining me today. This was such a great conversation. Thank you for sharing your insights, your journeys in regards to technology. I know um, it's going to be of huge value to our listeners. Um, So I think that's a wrap for us today. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Raising Tech. Um, Be sure to tune in next month when we meet with Jack York of IN2L as he shares his passion for engagement and bridging the gap between technology and older adults. You're not going to want to miss it. Okay. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to Raising Tech, where we help senior living communities unlock the power of transformational technology. This podcast is powered by Parasol Alliance.